When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right. Look at that. We're live. Hi, everyone. It is, uh, what time is it? It is 1139 uh, Central Time here in Dallas, Texas. As you can see, we are in the building. Technically, we are not in the men's room. Hi, everyone. This is the official morning combat Spence versus Ugas post fight show. My name is Luke Thomas. I appreciate you joining me. Uh, which part camera am I looking at here? Tristan, you? Yeah, okay. Um, all right, so here's how this is going to go. We are we just finished watching Spence versus Ugas. It is in the books, but now we have to talk about it. So thumbs up on the video if you are watching this. Please hit subscribe if you are new. And if you've been around and you've appreciated the MK product and you want a little more, hit that subscription button. We would really appreciate it. Yeah? All right, so we're going to get to some results here. Brian Campbell will join me as soon as he can. He's finishing up his article for CBS Sports. Then he has to do a CBS Sports HQ hit. And then he will join me. So we'll get to him a little bit later. All right. Let's get to these results. I will read them to you as they are uh, official now. Errol Spence Jr. defeats Jordanis Ugas in the 10th round via TKO. Of course, it was set for 12 rounds uh, at 144 of the 10th round. Basically, by the 10th round, what had happened Quite simply, Ugas's right eye was a mess. It had been checked earlier, I think maybe the sixth or seventh round, something like that. And the doctor had tested it thoroughly and let it go. And there was a little bit of daylight peeking in. But by the 10th, uh, he couldn't even open it. Ugas did object to having the fight stopped under those terms. He appeared to be quite unhappy about it. But his body language was not great. He had slowed considerably. He was taking a lot of punishment you know, maybe not to the point where you could have stopped it because he didn't get knocked down, but he was looking quite bad. Anyway, the doctor took a look at the eye. He could not see out of it, no matter what kind of protest he would have made. Hey, is it hot enough in here? I can still, uh, I'm only sweating my balls, <laughs> my balls off. All right, there's Brian Campbell. Now he's going to do his CBS Sports hit, and then he'll join us. Um, so, again, by the time the doctor saw it, that was all she wrote. But let me tell you what the story of this fight was. I'll, I'll put this back here in just a minute when, when, when old BC comes. Let me tell you the story of this fight, if I can, as it's uh, hotter than Hades in here. The story, as best I can tell, is that Errol Spence wanted to send a message here. Not just that he was back, but about who, I think in his mind, who he believes to be the best 147-pounder in the world. I thought that he fought with purpose tonight. I also think he fought a little dangerously, at least even by Errol Spence standards. And I thought overall, even though he took a little bit of risk to get what he wanted, they found out where they were going to have 
a lot of success. It turned out it was not really at range, although uh, a little bit it was. It turned out that it was on inside fighting. And, dude, Errol Spence is not just a continuous machine of offense where he is pumping the jab and he is going after the body and he is high volume no matter how good or poor the round goes. He's still putting up a consistent pace. And, of course, once he begins to hurt opposition, then he builds on it and builds on it. So there was just, as usual, Great tempo from Errol Spence, great offensive choices from Errol Spence, high volume from Errol Spence. And I really want to go back. I do need a rag or something. I'm, I'm sweating like, you know, some uh, 80s, 80s preacher on local television. Uh, Jimmy Swaggart. I remember Jimmy Swaggart. I feel like Jimmy Swaggart up here right now. But I want to talk about one thing that I did notice that was so big for Errol Spence. Here we go. Yeah, you can just, there we go. Thank you. Oh, the Lord knows I've been sinning, begging all my extra wives. All right. The point I wanted to make here is the offensive choices that Errol Spence was making were just absolutely brilliant. Did you guys notice the big place where they found all the success? Remember, he sort of like, he, he, he looks at a problem and then begins to try to see what works and then makes adjustments to get himself closer to what works and then take away the parts that don't, and then he just begins to pile on over time as he gets a clear read on, on what is having an effect. It was inside shoulder position. Did you guys notice that? So it's southpaw versus orthodox, right? So it's an open stance. When he had his foot to, depending on where he was, when he had his foot off into the outside, he might lean with his shoulder and his head to the left side of Ugas's face. And then, of course, there would be some exchanges. He would turn him from this position. He would punch to certain targets. Then, either through punches, through combination, or just by stepping across, then he would move to the other side of Ugas's ear. So now he's on the right side of Ugas's ear. He's pocketed in the right shoulder. He's leaning his head into him. And now the targets are shifting over and changing. And he's doing this back and forth, weaving constantly into the left side and to the right side. And it was actually at this range where he did the best work. These are not just short economical punches inside or coming around the gloves, although he had a bunch of those too. But you'd see him go from inside shoulder to outside shoulder, bring the, the lead forearm across, frame, and then go with the cross. So it set up a lot of extra offense that didn't come just from those positions. But dude, Ugas had no answer for that. It did turn out, I, I think you could say, that actually at range, sort of like not maybe what they would call mid-range, sort of end of your jab range, Ugas was still a handful there. Pacquiao could never seem to get the fight out of that space, right? Pacquiao, of course, wasn't really himself, and there's a lot of reasons why Pacquiao lost to Ugas. But he, one thing Ugas did really well was sort of keep the fight in that particular range. And when they fought that way, Spence was getting kind of, I won't say tuned up, but he was getting, he was getting landed on. It was not so clean. It was not so clean at all. So it was actually that real short inside range where he could smother and pin some of the arms or himself to the inside space, land around the, the backside behind the arm to the, uh, with his left hand, so sort of more across the center line, shift over. So now the left hand is coming back to the, the other side and now the right hand sort of on the center line. And each time he's pushing them around and turning them which direction he wants to go. A lot of times he would enter into position with his lead shoulder. A lot of times he would throw switch stance and then enter into the other position and then go back and forth. This is what I mean. That is a true, just genius effort. I had brought it up with Sean Porter that you don't see a lot of head movement from Errol Spence, and I do think that cost him a little bit here tonight in terms of however many rounds he lost. I have not seen the judges' scorecards. When Brian sits down, I'll take a look at them. But the point I wanted to make was um, 
you know, he was getting hit a little bit in those spaces, but once he discovered that he could push, turn, smother, and then essentially through volume and then whack-a-mole where I, you, know, you, you bring the hands here, he's coming around, the hands go to the back, he's bringing them in a linear fashion. And then, again, you, you mix in everything, tempo, location, targeting, switching, confusion, pushing, turning, leaning. It's just overwhelming. It's just completely overwhelming. These guys don't know what to do with it. You can't blame them for it because what can you do? I'm not even really sure. It's very, he's a very, very difficult problem to solve. Now, I don't know enough about the totality of Ugas's career to say this is the, no one's ever beat him like this. But I can certainly say since his second chapter in boxing, since he's been back, I mean, Sean Porter officially beat him, although there's some controversy. And even if you want to say that Sean Porter did beat him, geez, man, he didn't beat him like this. This was Errol Spence refusing, refusing anything other than a stoppage. So you have to love that he had the brilliance that he always seems to have. You have to love that he had the basics that he always seems to have, the really strong boxing fundamentals. You have to like, maybe at least a little bit, that he took some additional risks to get the fight I think moving to kind of get Ugas to not be so planted, so fixed, right? Part of that turning, that pushing, that pulling is to get an offensive result from a very defensively, uh, well not, uh, not limited certainly, but defensively shelled up fighter who is going to be a little bit more careful about risk. When you open him up like that, you do have to accept some of that risk coming back but it's also that, that through that motion and that switching and then that pace, that just creates more and more and more and more offense. It is utterly remarkable what he's able to do. Utterly remarkable. And so when he puts on a performance like this, you, you have to go back to those questions. What do we have to make of the car accident? What can we say about the retina? I don't know about the retina, but I can say that that car accident and even, you know, the retina, uh, the retina today is obviously fine. I mean, long-term with the retina. But, dude, Errol Spence is just as good as he ever was, if not a little bit better, if not a little bit more motivated. I mean, if you go back and watch the Danny Garcia fight, it's not like he took a, you know, he took that fight off or something. But can you really say that he fought that Garcia fight with the same kind of risk acceptance that he did in this fight? Mm, I don't think so. Now, of course, you have to tailor game plans and tailor – different levels of risk that you're willing to tolerate based on the opponent, based on the circumstances, back in Dallas, Texas, buoyed by the hometown crowd, lots of questions since losing out on the Pacquiao opportunity. Spence seems to me very much wanted to see a mess, send a message and very much did by this, calling out Terrence Crawford. And let me just say this. I'm kind of going around different places, but let me say this before BC gets here because we will talk about this. You know, I don't, I understand the boxing politics. We don't even know where Terrence Crawford's going to sign. We don't know with what promoter and what network he's going to end up with. But I'll say this. There are four major weight class titles at 147 pounds, as there are for many of the weight classes in boxing. Three of them are held by Errol Spence Jr. One of them is held by Terrence Crawford. These are the only two guys holding belts. If we can't get a fight between them now... And I realize that it's certainly more difficult than my sad entreaties to get it otherwise indicate. But if we can't get it in a scenario where the only belts are held by them, I don't know what I don't know what I don't know that we're gonna get it. If you can't get it now, I don't know how you're going to get it. You have Terrence Crawford as a technically a speaking right now, 
contractual free agent with holding with with one belt under his on his resume. You have Errol Spence with PBC, but he has three of the other belts. Meaning, at least in theory, Crawford has the capacity to sign and then take the fight. Now, I realize that he could go somewhere else. He could fight somebody else. Lots of different ways that could end up. Maybe he wants too much money. Maybe they don't want to pay him that. I don't know. We'll have to see how that goes. And, of course, he could even sign with PBC and then end up taking on a Keith Thurman or somebody else and not take this one. But I'll say this. Errol Spence went in there tonight with a message to send, sent it, with something to prove a little bit, actually, to me, proved it. And made no, he was not ambiguous when he spoke to Jim Gray after he won. When he spoke to Jim Gray, he said, I want Terrence Crawford next. It has to be now. <laughs> I mean, I feel silly even saying it, but my, my, you have two guys who are not just great, but maybe generationally great. They exist at the same time in the same weight classes. They're the only ones with the belt. And now one of them has extricated himself from the previous contractual relationship that at least could have made that fight more difficult to make. Why can't we get it now? That would be the one you would want. That would be the thing you would you would imagine if this is the condition under which it's going to happen. Um, then we're in, we're in good shape. But I guess we all know that I can't really count on that. Let me see if I can dig up, uh, if I may... Let me see if I can dig up some of these uh, ratings. Sorry, not ratings. Oh, here we go. Can they? Can the audience hear you? Okay, can you make them hear you? Yeah, because I don't want to re repeat that. Here we go. Corey has a, uh, a tweet from Terrence Crawford, apparently to Errol Spence, and I think it's worth reading out on the air here. So he said, congratulations, great fight. Now the real fight happens. No more talk, no more side of the street. Let's go. With a wink face and a handshake emoji. <laughs> he added Errol Spence Jr. What is your level of confidence, Corey, that we can get this done? Level of confidence. I mean. Low, right? A lot of talk about it, though. <laughs> like. No shortage of all that. All week. All week. Yeah, no shortage of that. There you have it. Terrence Crawford saying he wants it. Folks. I can't you I, do I need to tell you how big that fight is? I don't need to tell you how big that fight is. That's got it won't have you know what's interesting? That fight won't have the box office uh capability of being anything like a Mayweather Pacquiao, of course not. But it would would be big, I think. Would be it would be respectably large. But for all the things that we ended up not getting from Mayweather Pacquiao with Pacquiao's alleged shoulder injury and you know, so the relatively conservative style of offense that comes from Floyd Mayweather, um, this would make up for a lot of that. So it wouldn't be able to match the Mayweather-Pacquiao pomp and circumstance, but for all that fight lacked, it was a fine fight, by the way. It's somewhat unfairly maligned, but what I mean to say is, you know, you would you might get a little bit on the other side of prime Terrence Crawford, or maybe he's got late prime Terrence Crawford, but for sure in prime Errol Spence after this, this is the time to do it. I really, really really hope that they can figure this out. Because, dude, you have to ask, who else is Errol Spence supposed to even fight at 147 pounds? Dude, Jordanis Ugas is a legitimate challenge. That's a legitimate fighter who absolutely put himself in a good position to be here. And then you saw, in certain ranges and in certain contexts, was a handful for Errol Spence. Was able to hit him consistently, cleanly, sharply, accurately, 
So it was up to Errol Spence to find a way to put that fight in other ranges and in other circumstance and in other paces to take that away, which he did. But, dude, Ugas is super legit. Let's go through this. This is what I mean about Errol Spence's resume. So even with all the delays and the car accident and everything else, I mean, this is who he has fought. I'll, I'll go back to, like, you know, I mean, Phil LaGreco, Samuel Vargas, Chris Van Heerden. That's the guy that sparred Conor McGregor. Alejandro uh, Barrera, Chris Algieri, uh, Leonard Bundu, Kel Brook, which was a big one, obviously, Lamont Peterson, Carlos Ocampo, Mikey Garcia, Sean Porter, Danny Garcia, and then Jordanis Ugas. I guess you could shoehorn in a Keith Thurman there if you really wanted to. You could do that. But is there really – that's the other part about it. It's like, is there really more market demand – for Errol Spence Jr. versus Keith Thurman than there is for Errol Spence Jr. versus Bud Crawford. I grant that the latter is probably a little bit more difficult to make, but it would also seem to be that the upside from a market potential would be significantly greater that way. All right, here comes Brian Campbell. Let's sit him in the chair, and then we'll get we'll recap here. So as a reminder, Brian Campbell, Luke Thomas, we host Morning Combat, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 11 a.m. in the East. Have a seat here, fuckface. Um... But we also do post-fight shows. So we are here live in Arlington, Texas. Brian has been doing his CBS re- report. He's been doing CBS Sports HQ. He's also been updating his fans on OnlyFans, doing full frontal nudity. <laughs> it's been amazing. All right, here can, we have. Can we be professional here for once, Luke? I, mean, I, I don't know. know. Can we? I mean, we saw a little bit, a little bit of history. Tonight, you know, the, just the 12th welterweight title unification bout. Ooh, but how about, Luke, and I'm sure you spent a, a great time opening the show with this. How about how old school this fight was? Yeah. How old school the determination, the backbone of both fighters was. We got a special fight that I thought maybe could be high-speed chess, which is a technical fight at fast pace. Did I think a two-way brawl in the center of the ring? No. But this is what this is what happens when you get two hungry champions looking to make their name above the fame, above the money, looking to really make their name in the glory. And this this felt like a what special a brawl fight. for that long. I mean, this turned into a one way mugging the last half of it. I, I'll say that, but I think that because Ugas was so determined and was able to hurt Spence a couple times with counter right hands, he was never truly out of it until that eye closed. So uh, at the end of the day, what do we learn? That when Errol Spence says things like at age thirty two. I might actually be better at, for for everything I've been through after than I was before. And you're like, okay, you know, that sounds like a nice thing to say, but you had that ridiculous accident that you were miraculously walked away from. You had the eye surgery. But, Luke, it's the confidence. It's the experience. And it's, I think, exactly what he says. I had one foot in and one foot out in the past. I, was a, I thought he was too cocky against Sean Porter, even though he won that fight in a thriller. Mm-hmm. And at times you, you had to wonder, you know, is it possible if this guy goes all in? He's all in now. You saw that weight cut. He you looked, saw he looked with the nutrition. Shredded. Uh, the ability. Sorry, I'm getting yanked here. I'm getting getting yanked. You saw that ability. Um, You're right. I don't know what's going on right here. I'm You're thinking, fine. What does he play for the Yankees? You know what I mean? That's good. That's good. Uh, so look, um, why am I so excited? Because, you know, Errol Spence, an unbeaten star of this era in the post, you know, Mayweather Pacquiao welterweight era, which is the sexy division, the the, the you know the money division in this game. Uh, this guy came back from all these challenges, showed who he still is in there. And Luke, the fight that we already deserved, so let's say three years ago, four years ago, it's still viable. Spence Crawford, all four belts, both unbeaten, both in the top three or at worst four pound for pound. 
and both going to have a chance to fight for all four belts to truly determine this generation's Leonard Hearns, De La Hoya, Trinidad, oh, I see Mayweather, I Pacquiao. Hang on. Hang on. we got to yeah, fix Can it. you fix this for me? Yeah, let's bring in the guy. His, can his... we bring in Mike? I, I've, I've often said, he, pound for pound, he's at least the second best sound guy we have, at least. So let's see what he can what he can do here. But Luke, it's, do... ra- it's wrapped around this. Yeah. yeah. Do all, I... the, all the way in the front. Yeah, all the way in the front. There we go. Mike, there Mike, we go. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, so, Luke, this is a sport where, let's be honest, you can't always get what you want. You rarely ever get what you want. Yeah, can't ever. There's nothing network-wise, promotion-wise, Did you hear about the Terrence Crawford tweet? I, that he wants it. Yeah, did you? It's time. Yeah, he tweeted at Errol Spence. He says it's time. Uh, do you remember what um what Jake Hager said? I have a phoner. I'm rock hard with emotion. Yeah. I have a. Fo- so excuse me for 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 being the kid on Christmas How morning. How long did it take you to, before you referenced your genitals? But here we are. We just watched a fight that really had no business being that exciting. That, right? was, that was really fun. Really had yes. no business being that exciting. I was gonna say. But by and the way, now we're set up to get. Oh, is it a little bit late? Maybe. But maybe it's right on time, Spence Crawford, right now. Well, Because they right have nowhere time. else to go. You know, make Keith Thurman's out there, but they really have nowhere else to go but to find out who's the fu- who's the best fighter of this era. Okay, Canelo, but of this welterweight era. It's a special time right now. These are two all-time great talents, and we're finally going to find out, Luke. There's nothing else standing in the way. Don't say famous last words. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Boxing. All, all the obstacles are not in your way boxing anymore? Boxing back. Welterweight division back, but seriously, uh, the hyperbole aside, uh, look up the uh, do you do you think that there's something to that to say that this Spence this version of him could actually be the best we've ever seen? Yeah, I think I think you can. What the only thing you can say negatively is that um, he accepted more risk in this fight. Yes, but it seemed to me it was a calculated amount of risk. There wasn't a ton of damage that he absorbed as a consequence, although he did get tagged a few times. Round six, that that three piece. Uh... He got he got he got drilled a few times, but but in overall, what I do think it does is it hastened his offensive volume starting to rain on Ugas. Yes. And so it was a calculated cost. It was a net win, and I think it was a smart one. I got to say, Bud Crawford does stuff like that, not in the same way, but accepts risk a little bit more. We talked about right. this. He accepts risk a little bit more. Now you see Spence sending a message by doing it. I was going to say, BC, to your point about the enthusiasm shown by Spence, not just the skill and then the risk-taking, the, you know, this was a more lively performance than the one he had against Garcia. That was a little bit more. I agree. A little bit more. It was basic. Because I think he was motivated to make a statement. So what does that mean? When Spence is motivated to, to, to teach you guys something about himself, to teach all of us, he goes to great lengths. And what I mean by that, long camera shot on you when you're not talking. There we go. There we go. I'll, we go, yeah. I'll direct this, okay? They're playing Mahjong uh, there. Yeah, Manich, can we wake up back there? Uh, <laughs> so, so here's the deal. You remember the Mikey Garcia pay-per-view? Yeah. When Mikey Garcia moved up and weighed a couple years back. That was back. here, right? That that was. And they said, oh, look, you know, how are you going to do against a pound-for-pound pound better boxer than you and Mike Garcia? So Spence purposely fought him from the outside and absolutely just schooled him like 12 rounds to nothing. Sean Porter in that fight said, you know, I don't think you you got to be a more dog than me. And, they, they, and he went to war basically against the wishes of his trainer and proved that. He was, and, and this is something I, I, you and I were exchanging as it was going on. I go, Spence, she's trying to make a statement. Like, he's yeah. literally walking to the center of the ring. Now, he needed a dance partner willing. And like we always say about Ugas, even though he's a technical fighter, he gets close enough behind the high guard. And really, the second half of the fight, he looks to, to break you down with big shots. So it was a perfect storm. But look at that statement that he's making. I'm going in there against an elite guy, a, a quasi top 10 pound for pound guy in Ugas. And I'm going to stand in the middle and take his best shot and give better ones. This is what the, the old guys used to do. I mean, why do we love fights like, like, like Leonard versus Hearns, 1981, welterweight title unification? 
because it, 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 it's these two stars arriving at the right time, and then they both, they, they went for it. I mean, I mean, Ray Leonard fucking, you're blowing it, son. You're blowing it. That's what, that's what his trainer said, Angela Dundee. Ray, Ray Leonard fucking went for it. Errol Spence went for it tonight? If he goes in there and goes for it against Terrence Crawford? I mean, that, that, that gets, that gets the, the, the hair on my arms. You know what I'm saying? And I know, like, we, okay, well, what, what does that mean? Well, look, we had the Mayweather era, and I'm not here to say this is Floyd's fault, but he had a lot of those pay-per-view fights that talk you in with the talk, and then it's just a one-sided defensive masterpiece, and you don't get the excitement. And we all go, man, you know, I'd love, imagine if he had to fight Ray, Ray Leonard and, and Hearns and all these other guys who just fucking went for it. This generation, they want it. They want this. Well, we'll see how much they want it with this. But, but you, I, cer- I, mean, I certainly you, agree this is a classic. Do you have that hyperbolic feeling that Spence Crawford no, I could have, be I the have, fight of our lifetime? If they make it next, it will be everything we think it is. I believe that. Because people don't but do that if, to Ugas. You've been around watching tape. People just don't gonna, do that to Ugas. You can ask them. I brought this point up exactly. I haven't seen all of his losses to know definitively whether this is true, but certainly since his second chapter in boxing, post-2014 into 2016, like, dude, Sean Porter if, it didn't beat him, but, like, it's controversial, but didn't have any rounds like several of the rounds that Spence did. Spence didn't just do more to him in, like, one round or something. He put on a sustained offensive beating that no other guy has been able to do. And, but you know what's kind of funny about this fight, too, BC? Everyone was saying, I think, you know, from the, we only know what we can imagine and what we have a little bit to go on. And everyone was like, oh, it's going to be really inside, very up close, where, obviously, um, Ugas is going to do his best work. Not really. Spence took that away, and it was actually and that's, at, that's a, little like, like, Dude, a little it, bit at range. A little bit at range. He fought Ugas on the terms that would have been the best for Ugas to win, and he beat him at it. And, and I would say in terms of the range. In uh, terms of the range. In terms yes. of the range, yes. And look, the difference in the end was that for every one counter right hand Ugas was landing, it back over here, back on the BC, please. Luke's not even, he's not even looking, okay? Okay, can we please? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Google it. Lonely Angeles. I mean, can my teeth be more yellow? I just R&B need more song. coffee to just wash uh, over my teeth. So uh, what I was saying, Luke, you know, I have no I know, I have no fucking idea what I was saying. I know. I know. It's great, right? It's, it's just, amazing. Like, it's it's amazing. Uh, look, no, no. What, what I was saying was, I mean, to go inside and, and, and beat that guy at his game, Spence can do anything he wants. He's ridiculous. Him. I mean, and so it, it again goes back to making the statement where what was every question in every interview with Spence? Are you possibly back from this eye surgery? Yeah. I mean, look, times a billion. There's, we have no doubt. We have no freaking doubt. I, I, All right, let's go through these numbers. I'm not, Luke, if, you're, if, you're, if you don't get the, the, what the message is, this, I'm not used to it being this good. I'm used to getting really excited about big fights and like, ah, oh, you know, it's decent. But one guy, you know, I don't think I don't think both guys went for it. Spence versus Pacquiao would have been ugly. It could have been one sided for Spence. Yeah, that would have been that would have been real the, bad for Pacquiao. Pacquiao kind of lucked out a little. I mean, bit can, can we raise? Can we pour one out for the Wavos on Ugas? Have you done that yet? Have you given Ugas his no, flowers? No, real quickly. Let me go through the numbers and we'll give Ugas his flowers. Total punches landed. Spence landed two hundred and sixteen to Ugas's ninety six. Jabs twenty four landed. That's pretty low for Errol Spence. Um, just 19 for Ugas, so not too much of a difference there. 40% of your power shots from, from Spence. But 40%, numbers. 192 landed to Luke, 77. So for Ugas. every one counter shot Ugas was doing, that's what I was trying, trying to tell you before, Spence is, is landing four to five shots right. in between. And, and even a lot of those that Ugas is half blocking because he's standing in front with a responsible guard. Dude, Spence is still touching him, still slipping it in. It's not only giving the, the nod to the judges in some of the close rounds, but 
I, if I'm Spence, I'll take that. I get to land four, five, six punches. Maybe you block two of them. Maybe you partially block a couple, and then you get one right hand every 45 seconds. Yeah, that was a losing equation in the end for, for Ugas because Spence was just so active and aggressive and on him that, I mean, what else could Ugas have done in this fight? Because if he tries to box him from distance, you're not you're not you're not outboxing. I mean nothing, right? Because he tried to trade jabs with him, and that was not all that successful. And what ended up happening was uh, Spence was able to collapse that that space and that distance, and then smother him on the inside. We talked about this that inside shoulder and head position he was assuming, and then switching to the outside, switching to the inside, switching to the outside, high low, high low, inside out, inside out, high low, left side, right side. Did you just Dude, give the the password to Contra to get un, yeah. unlimited guys? Uh, yes, yeah. it was up down up down left right yeah. left right B A B A start. But the point I'm trying to make is, do that pattern which he changes up constantly. It overwhelmed Ugas. So you're, you're asking the question, what could Ugas, Ugas done differently? Take that away. But how do you take that away? I have no fucking idea. I, that, that's the thing. That's the thing. And and it's like, okay, who has been more spectacular overall in the great Spence Crawford debate? I think you'd say Crawford, but Crawford hasn't fought the same competition Spence has. Yes. I Cra- mean, Spence Crawford has had better highlights. True. Better True. highlights. He's a better sports center top 10. Like that Kell Brook finish was. And if someone I mean? asked you, gun to your head, who has the ability in a Spence Crawford fight to do something that you haven't seen either guy do? I think we still say Crawford. Right? You would still say Crawford, yes. But Spence is, dude, you know what he is? Someone once explained to me, he's like, you always want to be the android. Like, if you could imagine a scenario where you could, you could program someone to do exactly what they were taught in class. Dude, Spence is that guy. He just, he is a machine in delivery. He is efficient. He doesn't waste a lot of fucking time. He gets right to work. He's consistent. And dude, his, I can't go, I can't say this enough he is so smart as a fighter and they are so they have so many weapons wherever you need him to fight he can fight whatever side you need him to fight on whatever range whatever attack he will find a way to dig it up and then deliver it and i don't know if i don't know if bud crawford can stop that guy oh i, I don't know well, i don't know if so that can. gets me excited because i think there were times where we're going okay errol spence is beating better competition but man, you know, head to head, maybe, maybe Crawford. I think now you have no idea. I said this on CBS Sports HQ. Who do you like? And Spence Crawford, whoever you pick, you're probably right because it's that 50. I mean, who's going to be the betting favorite if they, let's say they made that next. Ooh. And you know what, Luke, in the year of our Lord, 2022, I think it is going to be next. Because if you're Crawford, you got nowhere That's else to go. That's a great question. What would the odds be? Would it be a pick em? I think Crawford would be a slave. Slave fit. Oh, because, because the nice. Sharps, the Sharps have seen what have, that they've seen, but the Sharps have to weigh quality of competition once Crawford moved up to welterweight because outside of outside of Sean Porter does he have another elite win okay I like the Jeff Horn stoppage I like all the ragtag thing oh Mayor Khan I'll throw you out I'll take old Kell Brook I'll take old this guy I'll take this guy because I had to but really who has done at welterweight especially in the post Mayweather run what, what Spence has nobody I mean this resume is ridiculous it's prime Kell Brook it's Lamont Peterson it's Mikey and Danny Garcia no relation it's Sean Porter it's a miraculous walk away from an accident. That was his fault, but something that he that he owned, and 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 then he just did that to your Dennis Ugas. I mean, are you are you kidding me? And this is the other part too. I said, don't you agree? Like, yes. Could could you do a Keith Thurman fight? You could. Yes. Tell me that there is nearly as much market interest in a Keith Thurman fight as there is with Bud Crawford. Not even close. No. Would be easier to make, but it wouldn't do shit. I mean, if, I guess it would be I mean, great for glossy. Keith. It'd be great for Keith, yeah. but. Uh, I mean, it's stars. For us, it wouldn't mean shit. 
But like, you know, I brought Mayweather's name up before, and a lot of people said, BC, you're always a Mayweather hater. And that's not really true. But my point is just like, you know, he talked to you in the building, but then they were so one-sided dominant, and that's because nobody could touch him at the end of the day. But I think what that created was a generation of, as I say, boxing businessmen who saw what Mayweather did financially along with his insane in-ring success and the control he had. And I think, Luke, it created a new generation, and I'm never going to damn any boxer for this because you're putting your life at risk every time, and I understand that, but who almost have, like, an idea that I'm going to get into these pay-per-view fights and I'm going to try to win, but if it's not going my way, I don't know if I'm going to risk it all and empty it out in the big moment to try to do that. Tonight, both guys were willing Crawford Spence, I think both guys are going to be willing. There are some other guys, I won't name names, who you're just sort of like, if it doesn't go their way, I don't, I don't think they're really going to try to win. Yeah, we got to the level to of the unification title level, which is a big freaking deal, especially at welterweight, and we got, we got that drama out there. You said you wanted to give Ugas his flowers. Give it to him. I mean, what did I say when he walked to the ring? I said, survivor. This guy's a survivor, and I don't think people talk enough about the, the, you know, the story of any Cuban. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not defector. That export, defector. And, and risking your life and, you know, being overnight in a boat from to Cuba. To Mexico. I mean, like, everybody's got a ridiculous story. But, you know, you talked coming in like he wasn't supposed to be here. He had suffered back-to-back losses and was doomed kind of a failed prospect. He retired for two years quietly and nobody was really going, where's Udranis Ugas? And then, Luke, that run, you know, kind of got, got robbed ish against Porter. Got the, the Pacquiao shot by accident on a week, you know, notice and look at what he did. Um, he went in there, Luke, and he was, it started to look like he was outgunned by the way the fight was playing out, but he never packed it in. He never circled to the outside. The equation was an uphill battle of him landing only one at a time per every four of Spence, which is me kind of paraphrasing what I was watching, but you get it. But even in that, Luke, he was still trying to win the fight and still hurt Spence in round six. So I want to get your take on round six because it was a little bit wild. Spence comes out, very aggressive, landing big shots inside. One counter right hand from Ugas visibly hurts Spence and knocks the mouthpiece out. Mm -hmm. Spence later said, look, I screwed up. You're supposed to protect yourself at all times. I was relying on referee Lawrence Cole. Who, by the way, just sucks at his job. I mean, if you are a long-term boxing fan, you're like, how is this guy still in a major, major baby? Texas, baby. Texas Forever Street, indeed. But Spence took his eye off the ball, got hit twice more, wobbled into the ropes. The fact that he never went down is incredible. Pretty, pretty. The fact that he turned the tables to close that round and was the guy coming on is incredible. But I do think that stoppage by Lawrence Cole in between to rinse out the mouthpiece, allow Spence to walk across the ring. It's funny. The Spence crowd is booing because they're like, yo, what are you what are you doing? But that gave I think that gave Spence some life right there. Maybe. Also, there was just he wasn't making decisive calls. Like he would intervene and then he would give instructions. And then after that he would look over the timekeeper and be like, oh timeout. So dude, you gotta you gotta separate and call time right away. Right away you gotta do that. Then you have to make a decisive call about what you're doing and when and he was intervening at the worst times. I hope he's like right around the corner and he kicks your ass. I don't, I don't think he would. Tell him to his face. Um, so, by the way, remember when Vasily Lomachenko fought for a world title in his second pro fight against Orlando Salido? And lost. Cole was the referee and let Salido punch him to the balls like 6,000 <laughs> times in that fight and was completely fine with it. Like, ah, uh, Lawrence yeah. Cole. That's You're great. terrible at your job. Wow, Luke. Uh, so, I, you know, I'm sorry to get this excited about this sport I love, but we went to the highest level and it absolutely delivered. And now there's a sequel coming off of this that could be the best thing we've seen in a long time, and that's called Spence Crawford. So, um... Look, uh, there are politics always. We need Crawford to get to the negotiation table. 
we need both fighters to establish, you know, who's the A, who's the B side, what's going to be the financial split. But look, to every, look, the fact that that Crawford was the first name out of Spence's mouth, well done. The fact that Crawford's now tweeting at Spence per Luke, well done. Luke, I don't anticipate boxing tricks where, where suddenly Keith Thurman gets slid in and we push this fight off to next year. I really think this calendar year, I mean, it'd probably be Las Vegas because that's where the most money is for this type of stuff, Luke. But I mean... I don't care what your travel plans were for the rest of the year, family vacation. Oh, maybe I'll go to Connor's comeback. Be there. Spence Crawford with me. We'll walk hand in hand through this world together. You're so dumb. Undisputed. You think it'll be on Showtime? Will it be on Showtime? It's Showtime pay-per-view, I hope. I hope. If you're listening out there. Trying to get some checks. Okay. I want to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, giddy, giddy, right? Giddy. I, it, I, uh, you know, look, I'm the one who's always, who's always standing up for this sport. Yeah, you are. Okay. I don't let people talk about my biatch. Okay. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. That was insensitive. A little bit. What are you? You're, you're <laughs> boxing's pimp. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Dude, look at Ashley. But look, look at Ashley tonight. She, she would rather. She would. <laughs> she'd rather be in Guantanamo Bay than here right now. You know, true or false though, tonight <laughs> we can take this, 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 this. We can take this lady home with us. You know what I mean? Like you can show her to mom. Boxing came through tonight. Fan man didn't arrive. There was no shenanigans on the scorecards. Two men got in there and had real talk and figured it out. What daring, else? daring to be great. Daring. Uh, what what rounds did you give to Ugas? Six. I gave him round three. I gave him round six. I think that's it, right? Just the two. And even and even in both some of those people rounds, gave him round one, which I don't really agree with. But. Yeah, I mean that was that was a pick em round. Um, it's it's funny because even in like round six, which was the de- the definitive Ugas round, yet Spence still was coming on down the stretch. Yes. Amazing performance from him. <sighs> Moving out to the farm to uh, improperly farm has been terrible for the farm, but I'm sure quite beneficial for his yeah. life. You he know, looked- they have a saying in boxing, don't hook with a hooker, right? I heard you say that on the broadcast. How was your broadcast today? It was great. It was great. I just, I, you know, I, I, I was taught don't do anything with a hooker. You know how many guys I know who broke that rule? You're do you know fire. how many Marines I yeah. know who broke that rule? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They definitely hooked with the hooker, let uh, me tell you. That's what Ugas got caught in on this night. But, um, hey, where, what do you think, Ugas? Where is he? He's 35. Does does he end up with another big fight? Because it's, it's a shame that Porter retired because you could run that rematch back with a fair okay. amount of intrigue. Is there any welterweight? I was going to say that. Thurman? Yeah. That's a fresh one. It's a little bit. See, the thing about that's a, Thurman. That's a tough fight for Thurman, too. Thurman's a bigger star than he is a threat. He's still a threat, but he's a bigger star than he is a threat. Would you say that? So that's like a, Probably. That's, that's a trappy fight for him, and I don't think there's a lot of upside unless they go, look, this is the fight we want to make. It's on pay-per-view. We'll pay you three to four million. Could, could he? Sorry for the yawn. Could he do Danny Garcia? He could. And he wants to move up to 54. It's also another potential trap fight for Dan. Look, anyway, it's a trap fight against Ugas because he's because he's that sneaky he's and tough. that good. I mean, look what's it's, you had to be Spence to do that to Ugas because nobody does that to Ugas. But um, 
Yeah. I, I think I've worn out my welcome here. Can we talk about some of the other fights on the card here real quick? Isak Cruz. I mean, dude. You're a Yorkist Gamboa. I love I love Gamboa. I but dude, have, I mean, it's time to call it a day. He's a he's a man. He's forty. Can we? Can, <laughs> I mean, uh, can if, we? Can you imagine being forty and taking punches like that, dude? Please dude, call it a day. Do you remember when Roy Jones hung on way too long for like fifteen it years? He was fighting in Russia and shit. But you have to remember, Roy Jones, like, in his prime, obviously was the most freak athlete we've ever seen in boxing with with the reflexes and hand speed. So even when that's watered down and he no longer can take a punch. You can still get fights because you still kind of got it. Gambo still kind of has it, but it's almost hurting him at this point because there's no punch. Look, he had 17 career knockdowns entering this fight. Yeah, he got 18, 19, 20, and I think 21 in this one. I mean, he only had three stoppage losses heading in, yet he was knocked down 17 times. Look, he's By the way, Cruz, in fairness to Cruz, he can thump. He has a very deceptive style where he goes uh, very low in crowds and comes over the top, and he was catching Gamboa clean several times with with that fight. Cruz's style and what is he like twenty three? I feel like he's here for a short time and not a long time because he's he just he just lets it go. I mean he he caught the, yeah, but he for right now in the next few years it's going to be yeah. great. It's going to be really great. Um, Cruz was crying afterwards, and I don't you know I respect the the, the personal battle of coming back. Sometimes from the loss. men cry like doves. but like I'm like you're supposed to do that though against Yuri Gamboa, correct? Yeah, but who knows? He missed weight. He may have had tough circumstance. God only knows. You know I, these guys are they. They live and die in their own minds, too. So who knows? It would okay, how about this lightweight bout uh, on the pay-per-view main card where unbeaten lightweight uh, Jose Valenzuela of Mexico Jesus. landed that looping left hand to Bandito Francisco Vargas. But I don't like the stoppage. Vargas, I know he's th- old, 37. He's, he's, he's aftermarket. But but did you see the, the referee basically teabag him without a count? I don't like this trend that referees are... Afraid, I, I thought it was early. afraid to actually give the must count. Like, so what I mean by is if the guy stands up, you make him do the little walk, you, like it's almost like a DUI check, you know, at that point, if you don't like what you see, that's fine. I'm all about protecting guys. But can we let a guy in the first round sit up? Who, who's, who's, I thought it was early, but at the same time, dude, they saved that guy a beating. Oh, they did. They oh, saved they did. him a beating. Like, oh, they did. Should there in principle maybe have been a count? Maybe, maybe. No, no, not maybe. This should have. Okay, all right. But they saved that guy a tremendous beating that was absolutely coming his way, and yeah. there was no two ways about it. See, this is this is a little sadistic, but our staff so badly wants to go to sleep, right? Dude, they would. Re- they they might. They want to break. They this might down. But like, we have the. Right now, we have them, right? No, I have diarrhea. <laughs> I'm your I'm your second broadcast partner um, today. What did you think quickly on the on the uh, Showtime Championship boxing portion of this card, the 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 free portion, if you will, before the pay per view? You saw that main event that I, I had the pleasure of Butayev calling. and uh, it was Raja Butayev. It was Stanionis. Is that you say his name? Stanionis. I'm sorry that I was butchering it at times, even though he's my Lithuanian brethren. Anyway, he becomes the first Lithuanian male to win a, a, at least a piece of a boxing world title. This is the secondary WBA title. I know, I know, I know. Okay. That was a war? Mm-hmm. And what do you think about Staniosis against some of the elites at 147 now? Does he have the name value to command those? No, but he may have a mandatory, mandatory shot to sh- command yeah. it because, you He's know. tough. He's tough. Butayev seemed to be out of ideas in this one. Yes. And Staniosis, uh, again. Stanionis. 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 Please forgive me. I don't know how to say these names correctly. Stanionis seemed to have a little bit more life, a little bit more... Um, 
a little bit more creative. A little thought. bit more Jurassic back. That yeah, guy knows the, knows where the weight room. Yeah, is. he's been in the weight room a few times. Woo. Um, uh, and and how about Brandon Lee, the twenty two year old? Uh, he goes the distance. That was a weird fight. The I first thought. time, it's like he dominated it. But did you were you impressed though? No, was not impressed. Yeah, I, his last fight, I was impressed. This one, well, his last he fight did, had some questionable moments. Okay, too. fair enough. But this one, he did good work in. Yes, I wouldn't call it impressive. Different, but, different. But Zachary Ochoa was more there to survive than anything else. Fair so enough. That, that, you know, you need it takes two to tango. It takes two to tango. To no do the Texas two step, you do need two. But people. in either case, you know, listen, Ugas is not there to give punches away cleanly either. You have to go yeah. and take it from him. Do you like Texas toast? You mean just big ass bread? Yeah. Do, you want to call something Texas or something? Just, <laughs> they're like, oh, it's Texas toast. You mean it's just big ass toast? True or is that false? What I mean? Before this started, you were like, Corey, can you shoot me from here up because I got a Texas size bulge? No, I didn't do that. Everything's I, bigger. I'm about to tell the camera officers why now. What happened? I'm gonna tell the camera officers why now and yeah, show no, it all. I gotta go fart so loud. BC, can okay. we get those shorts from last night? <laughs> yeah, uh, I get know. Those on camera. Again? A lot of people were like, BC, that's that's fairly unprofessional of you to wear a to wear a. Uh, a drug rug and a pair of shorts on a on a, a professional live stream. What if I what if I just went for it and showed up in like a wife beater? What if I just went like full on hometown on you? You're like <laughs> That's how I see you no matter like, what you you're wear. You're like, sorry, I, I've been thinking about this vape stick that I got right here in oh, my yeah. holster. Okay? Let's start motherfucking vaping on set. Wow. <laughs> wow, how how the mighty have fallen right here, Luke. Listen, okay. all I want to do right now yeah, is, is just run a zoom, zoom, zoom and a boom boom. I right? want to take a comfortable dump, yeah. which is important. And I wanna <laughs> and I wanna get a few hours of sleep before my fucking flight. Before I Yo, sit in seat you guys, number eight on Delta. Can we talk about uh you saw the Benavides and Charlo? Yeah, incident? so there was a there was almost oh, a fight Jesus, in the crowd, two. and it's funny. Uh right away I'm like, is that a Charlo brother? It was a Charlo brother. It turns out I think it was Jamal that mixed it up with David Benavides in the uh, in the expensive seats in between fights. There, um, the story is apparently Benavides or apparently can, can, can they, can they, can they, can they hear you? I mean, they can hear me. Okay. okay, they can hear me. Jamal Charlo apparently uh, was talking to Jose Benavides Senior, okay. which okay. started the altercation, and Espinoza was seen restraining Charlo. Steven Espinoza getting did, the boss. Did he involved. have a bedazzled T-shirt on? Okay, we can call it a day now. I love that guy. We should not get fired over insulting our boss's wardrobe. Uh, hey, how about Manich with that with that with that creepy slow tone? Right? I know it's like we're checking out a library book. Yeah. <laughs> you have to have you this back have by Tuesday, minutes. or it'll be a five cent fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, we, I, I, you know, I love Manich so much, and he's arguably pound for pound number one on the Malka list, which has not been revealed yet. And I know I'm just going to test a lot of friendships when I do. I'm sorry. Every um, time you do that, I see a lot of. I got a lot of worried faces. Yes, yes, because a lot of be worried off faces. The island once I get my reality show idea going. Um, but um, Manich, you know, he has he has realistic fears. He doesn't know if he wants to be a, a downloadable, playable character in our universe because of what happened to Jay Aaron. Jay know, Aaron was Jay a legitimate is, businessman, filmmaker, Jay and musician a, until he met us. The okay? difference is that Jay is a talentless zero, and Corey is not. Yeah, I, I like Manich's music. Maybe that's because I got a little white soul in me. Okay. <laughs> You, you and probably COVID. And <laughs> like I tried of, to bring us back you know, on topic, and one, this is what happened. One of our co-hosts gave me each COVID. I won't tell. I won't tell the people which one. You mean one of us did? Yeah. Yes. Well, well, I can tell you yeah. one thing. It definitely wasn't me. I don't know who it was. You know what was the funny part? What, what, no, I can't say that. I can't, I can't. And I also, I also wasn't the co-host who defiantly told everyone he didn't have COVID. <laughs> that was the story that I, I don't think we can share. Okay. Yeah. At least not uh, without uh, HIPAA and HR. All right. All I'm right. about to have a fart that's going to rattle this whole <laughs> building. So what we should call it. Hey, did you see Jerry Jones tonight? 
I did not. Did you? No, I didn't see him. Either. Was it cool being on ringside over there? Yeah, the crowd hadn't fully filled in yet, but it was starting to fill in. Yeah, that was that was that was awesome. That was a, I got a, I got a little rush. I liked it. Rush, rush. You know, it was a decent Paula Abdul track. No one talks about you know with the, with the rush, Keanu Reeves in the video. Rush. Yeah, hurry, hurry, lover, come to me. Rush, rush. I can feel you. Yeah. I can feel you all through me. Yeah, that's pretty gross though, right? <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, all the songs in the '80s and '90s were about all kinds of sexual pest behavior. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, on that note, we're probably fired. Yeah. Yep. The boys. The boys did Dallas. We're all. Oh. We're always like, well, we hope the big bosses see this uh, excellent work we do. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I hope they don't see this. I mean, there was a lot. To be fair, there was a lot of room on the floor out there to put an MK desk. Yeah, we got a know? lot of explanations about how there was no room at Jerry's World for yeah. MK. <laughs> I'm like, which I found the, quite implausible. I'm like, it is the largest stadium in the world. Last yeah. time I checked, right? You know, wow. <laughs> they literally told us uh, we had to move your your spot for uh, for seats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for, for expensive seats. For I'm like, so you could parade empty ones that were just sitting Little, there. But blue, are you guys blue. pretending that you didn't walk into this room though and go like, wow, this is really nice? Yeah, no, we, we did. We did like. And it. by the way, there was like 50,000 people here. What I'm saying is, even with that, there's plenty of room in Jerry's world. Yeah. Hey, what, do you think we should bring Phil on to close? Filthy Phil. Here? Nah, Phil's. Does he still even have pants Dude, on? Dude, you always turn on our on our uh, on our Rat Pack. You always turn on these people one by one. They're peasants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. He could stab me right now. Do you know some people have said, He's "Hey, like, BC, fuck this guy. You look slim," but I got to admit, I bought fatter jackets. Okay, so I don't I care. Don't, I don't. So care. I don't look at. I don't care. Let's close it. Let's call it a day before we get fired. All right. Uh, thumbs up on the video. Hit, hit subscribe. We're back on Monday. Full recap for UFC Fight Night as well, which we have not done. We'll get everything from the Bilal Muhammad fight and everything else on that card, as well as some Bellator action, which we cannot forget as don't well. Remember that name, Bilal Muhammad. Remember that shit he won. I did. I'm being told he won. He did win by decision. Okay. We'll talk about that on Monday, plus a whole lot more. Oh, did any fighter shout out uh, Kinahan? Funnily enough, uh, yes, a UFC fighter did. If you can imagine the lack of um, just an epically bad decision to do that. But okay, neither here nor there. You know Uh, what I watched this morning? Leon the Professional, 1994 thriller. All right, for Brian Campbell. For CBS Sports, for all of the crew here from Mocha and Showtime, who did a great job this week. Thank you guys so much, except for Ashley. But all the rest of you did a phenomenal job. Ashley, you did a very okay job, no more than that, okay? Right? <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to let Filthy Phil come out here. I mean, no, guy... I, I would rather, I would rather, I would rather just die than have Phil in the air anymore. <laughs> he went to Vanderbilt, dude. He Phil was... said he agrees. That's like the Ivy League of the South, dude. Bro. Every school in the South calls themselves that. <laughs> Yo, I went to Auburn. That's like the Ivy League of Alabama. No, it's not. It's like, no, it's not. There's no such thing. That's not a thing. You're either in the Ivy League or you're not in the Ivy League, yeah. and you're not in the Ivy League. All right, for Brian Campbell, I'm Luke Thomas. Thank you guys so much for watching. Until next time, enjoy the fights.